visit RTI on the web at english.rti.org.tw. You're listening to Radio Taiwan International, and I am Natalie So. Up this hour, we have In the Spotlight, where Shirley Lin interviews Claire Lee, the partnership manager for the Lioneers basketball team. We also have highlights from this week's shows and Hashtag Taiwan, giving you the latest on social media trends in Taiwan. But first, join us for a live recorded version of Here in Taiwan. Welcome to Here in Taiwan. It is Wednesday, March 31st, and in the studio we have Stash Butler. Hello. And Leslie Liao. How's it going? And I am Natalie So, and we will be talking about a liquor company that is under fire for recruiting student ambassadors. Oh, that's, <laughs> Ooh, that's one of those uh, that's stories. That's kind of yeah. And a baseball team here in Taiwan sets a Guinness World Record. Also, plants in pants. you got to imagine that. Are scaring people at a park. And also the latest in fruit trade between Taiwan and Japan. Those stories and more coming right up. Okay, so you guys have heard of Jingmen Gaoliang liquor, right? I mean, I have, yeah. the most popular liquor in Taiwan. Yeah. Yes, yeah, so it's made in uh, the island of Jingmen, and it is quite famous. And uh, they've been facing backlash because they have this advertisement where they want to recruit university students to promote their products on 52 campuses across the country. Ooh. Wow. That's, I mean, you know, this is kind of a, quite a normal thing to be promoting... Um, I mean, people like they're like student promoters for lots of things, but I think alcohol is probably alcohol a slightly, is very yeah, touchy. Yeah, a touchy one. Right. So what the company is saying is they want to advocate responsible drinking and help their cla uh, people's classmates become familiar with their products. <laughs> sure, so they can get hooked on them and drink them for life. Right. I mean, yeah. we all know how responsible uh, students are yeah. when yeah, it comes yeah. to really. things. Yeah, I don't yeah. think good I, luck with I that. I just feel like yeah, when the company is like yeah, we just want everyone. to We do just it. want to educate them. Yeah. And get them Addicted early. It's, I, don't, I don't know if it's the same in the states, but it's like gambling adverts in the in the UK are like they will have to be oh. like I gamble responsibly. responsibly. But it's also like um, you're not really res encouraging responsible gambling with anything that you do. Yeah, the product itself is problematic. <laughs> yeah, it's I don't know. It's 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 very yes. It's uh, very. It's, it's like smoking. Yeah, smoking companies like helping you to quit or kind of like <laughs> it doesn't really make sense. <laughs> So, okay, so they said any students with a, a pursuing a bachelor's or master's degree are encouraged to apply, and they will be given free distillery tours and spirits tasting lessons offered by the company. So, the DPP, um, you know, a lawmaker has said that, you know, the ad is highly inappropriate. I think a lot of us would agree to that. Um, and they said that the distillery may be violating the Tobacco and Alcohol Administration Act. Ooh. So, although the Taiwanese government does not prohibit universities from selling alcohol. Well, actually, in Taiwan, you can start drinking it at age 18. So, in that way, it's not illegal to sell to university students as it would be in, you know, the United States where the drinking age is 21. Mm. Yeah, it would get dicey, like, if, if, you, if you're talking to, like, someone who skipped a, skipped a few uh, grades mm. in school. Yeah. I mean, I, you, you never want to operate that closely to the, to the, uh, to the, to the border, border, right? Definitely. To the borderline. And, you know, um, 
young people at that age, their uh, brains are not fully developed yet, so no. they make impulsive decisions. And obviously, we don't I've need we don't need science. All my life. <laughs> we don't yeah. need science to tell us that. <laughs> so uh, this lawmaker is also saying promotions by liquor companies should not be permitted on school campuses. Students should not be hired to encourage their classmates to drink. So um, so this has become a, a big issue and. Another, um, a hospital director of disaster medicine, Mm. (laughs) he's saying that liquor companies often associate joy and vitality with their products to attract young people. And he said the prevalence of drunk driving and alcohol poisoning among young Taiwanese um, is a cause for concern. So, uh, did, can it, so is he a disaster yeah, medicine? That's, exactly, that's where I, yeah. where I just, like, is that? Anyways. <laughs> Don't jump we over that. Like, what that is. Disaster medicine. Yeah. What, 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 you know, how do you end up in that field? And, and I don't know, what well, is he, it? Well, he I, would know, right? So uh, maybe drunk uh, poison? Alcohol poisoning? Disasters. It's an area of medicine specializing serving the dual areas of providing health care to disaster survivors and providing medically related disaster protection. So I guess like... Like Like drunk driving accidents. Yeah, driving accidents would probably be... Okay, because when I think of disaster, I think of like natural disaster. Um I yeah, think that yeah, yeah. he would know about drunk driving I think, accidents. I think it's it's a it's a wide mm. like area where he operates. In. Right, it's still a pretty cool title though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, Does that, like that's the first time I've heard of it. I was like, oh, it's, medicine. You, you realize how you and I both gave pause to that <laughs> to <laughs> that <laughs> name. We were just waiting. Cool. <laughs> we were like, we're not gonna blow past that. Back a, a second. <laughs> I mean, I, 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 yeah. I mean, obviously, this is yeah serious. I think that like Taiwan's. I mean, thankfully, I mean, I know that drunk driving, I mean, generally, I think driving here is not amazing, but regardless of whether it's drunk or not. But uh, but I think um, Taiwan, the problem with kind of alcohol, alcoholism in, t- in terms of young people, I don't think is as bad as it is in Europe and America. I don't know. If it's, do you Why think that's fair to that? say? I, I don't know. I don't know. Um, I feel like Europe is a little bit better because they're um, they're more used to drinking as a part of a, a more responsible, like with dinner, having mm, a glass of wine mm. with dinner and that kind of thing instead think, of just getting drunk yeah. with their friends. I don't know, but that's my perception. That, that, I think that's true, but I don't think that includes the UK. I think <laughs> <laughs> I think we don't have the same. I think generally speaking, northern Northern European countries have sort of unhealthier drinking habits. But the difference <laughs> is that the, uh, the, a lot of the other ones, like, I mean, if you go into like kind of France Iceland and stuff. Oh. I mean, but like in like Nordic countries, a lot of them have like bans on selling alcohol past, past a certain time. Really? Uh, yeah, and apparently it's because of they kind of like combating things like this, like teen alcoholism. So they actually done a kind of a, a proper job. So there is a way of like combating this. And I think, yeah, I mean, getting back to Taiwan, I think one one easy step to take is not to let Gaoliang manufacturers advertise on, on campus. Really? That's a hard liquor, by yeah, the way. Yeah, it's... That uh, is, so. It's seriously it can, hard. You can easily get drunk drinking that, right? Yeah, yeah. and uh, just as a reminder, just please drink responsibly if you're going to drink. That's yeah. right. And I don't so. drink and drive as well. That's right. I mean, it's very easy to think, you know, um, one drink is, is 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 no big deal. But if you drive after that and one drink can lead to another drink so easily, so it's better just to stay away. Especially when you're young, right? And, yeah. And, and school and all that. So... Um, what do you guys think? I don't know what our listeners think, our viewers think. We have some people coming in and saying hello. Rashid Nas says, good afternoon from Pakistan. Mm. Hi, Rashid. Hey, Rashid. 
And he said they're at the third stage of coronavirus in Pakistan. So it's a third, third, third wave. wave third yeah. wave, I think. Oh, yeah. That's yeah. too bad. Yeah. And Joshua Buendia from the Philippines says uh, good hello, afternoon. Joshua. Hi, Joshua. And let's see, Elvis Elisha Nyangezi is, that is quite watching the name. from Kampala, Kampala, Uganda, I believe. Wow. Really? Wow. wow. I don't think we ever had a, a Ugandan uh, listener or a Ugandan viewer. Sorry, we're yeah. going multidimensional. <laughs> I totally, I totally cool. forgot. Coming to your taste bud soon. Do you guys think that the uh, age for drinking should be raised to 21? Uh, In Taiwan. Um, <sighs> I don't think it's... I don't <laughs> think it's it's not an age I, issue. I, I don't know. I, I think you know. Yeah, it's not an age issue. I don't think it is an age issue. It's. Uh, do you know what it is? I think it's 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 a uh, it's a drinking culture issue. I think it is a culture. Remember thing, last yeah. time during uh, one of the holidays, the government had to come out and say like, "Yo, don't peer pressure people to drink. Mm-hmm. Don't drink uh, for like you, business purposes. I think something like that. Don't drink for like business purposes. And if you know someone who's a de- designated driver, don't like them drink. I think there's this whole culture of just like ah, a little bit won't won't mm. won't hurt you. And then at the same time, and then at the end of the day, someone does get hurt. That's my that's my take yeah. takeaway well, from it. Well, I think it. that is the way yeah, things yeah. happen. And there's also a bottoms up culture in Taiwan too, where you have to you know cheer each other on and, and tell people to finish what's in their cup and that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, it's not a very good culture here in Taiwan. Um, yeah, so. Ivan Dice is never drink and drive, and I am a one hundred percent. Uh, for that yeah, statement, we we're going f- to love that statement. Never, <laughs> never drink and drive. That's definitely. Right. So, anyways, I think you know Taiwan is working on that, and I'm glad that they are speaking out uh, against this ad. Okay, tell us about the latest in the fruit trade, Leslie. Yeah. So. Um, this is coming hot off the heel. Let me just say this, that there was a shipment of bananas that were recalled, uh, that were from Taiwan. Uh, they were shipped to Japan, and they were recalled for excess fungicide. Oh. And, um, but at that point, like, Japan was buying a lot of Taiwan's pineapples, so it wasn't really a lot of hullabaloo about it. But uh, earlier this week, it looks like a shipment of apples from Japan has been seized by port authorities in Taiwan for containing too much fungicide oh the fungicide wars yeah Uh, and these are they're 20,000 kilograms worth of apples wow Wow. what a waste that's it's a shame too that's too bad they're really tasty actually Fuji apples yeah 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 they're really good Fuji apples are uh, so tart and, and juicy yeah, yeah just, I really like them. I, I've I've never met an apple that I didn't like, except for maybe <laughs> maybe one with like worms in them. Well, those ones which you get and you're like, oh, you have really high hopes for that apple, yeah, and you yeah, get yeah. it and it's all like kind of soft. It's all like oh. just like kind of crumbly, and you're like, yeah. oh no, this is a bad apple. Uh, unfortunately, this particular importer, which is a big box retailer here in Taiwan, uh, they this is the second week in a row they're getting flagged for. Faulty app, but like okay, bad apples. Bad apples. Yeah, just bad a few apples. bad apples. There's some that's you know. <laughs> 20,000 20, kilograms worth of bad, bad apples this week. The week before was twelve thousand kilograms of ambrosia apples for excessive levels of insecticides. Also oh. from Japan? No, uh, this one's from the U.S. Oh wow! And uh, other items confiscated oh. by the Food and Drug Administration this week were two large shipments of black sesame seeds from India. They also had a lot of uh, insecticide, hmm. and um, which they're oh, they're, is it just two? Oh, they're. 
two separate shipments of black sesame seeds, and they contained different uh, types of contraband, which is, wow, that's, they're putting a lot of things in there. Uh, a lot of things. Makes you want to kind of wash your fruit and veg. Yeah. <laughs> that seems to be my uh, my immediate reaction to um, this. They also listed the seizure of uh, f- almost 1,400 kilograms of threadfin fish from Indonesia. It had a lot of mercury content. I mean, at that yeah. point, I don't think mercury in fish is a problem of, like, the people who raise it. Yeah, it's I thought just, it was kind of like a natural thing, isn't it? Doesn't, like, t- doesn't, like tuna have loads of mercury in it yeah and that's because of like all the pollution oh is it is that where it's from yeah the mercury is actually like from the byproducts that are going into the ocean yeah yeah, yeah. it's almost like um uh, microplastics oh right right, right, right. it's 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 ending up terrifying but at the same time like how much do you love seafood (laughs) and how much are you willing and then there's also uh, 500 kilograms of frozen mango steam from thailand also excessive levels of insecticides the the food and drug administration seizes a lot of stuff i'm surprised you don't hear about this more often but twenty thousand kilograms of apples and i think these are like primo apples Mm. from japan Mm. i mean that's another thing about taiwan is there's lots there's a big kind of premium fruit market yeah 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 yeah. um which is something I wasn't familiar with That's before a I came here. That's unfortunate. Yeah. I mean, I, 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 I ate, last time I ate apples like a, a week ago. I can't even tell you what kind of apple it was. <laughs> Did you and test the insecticide levels? I don't know. Absolutely well, not. Well, someone tested it for you. Yeah. Yeah. If there so. were any insecticides in there, it is circulating <laughs> right here. We are insect-free now, yeah. probably. Well, you know, our pineapples are doing very well in Japan. So, you know, they just came out um, in the news today. There is a very big supermarket chain called mm. BELX. And they said that their fruit sales have grown 150% due to Taiwan's pineapples. So people like them because you can eat the core as well. I guess you can't do that with other pineapples. With the core? Yeah. It's strange because I've had friends in in Taiwan, like Taiwanese friends, tell me that you can't eat the core. You can or cannot? You cannot. And then I was like, that's not... you can, if you want to. If you want to, right? Right, right. It's just one of those things. Mm. They're just like, you, you probably shouldn't, but... I don't know. Because I think it probably has a lot of fiber. It depends yeah. if mm. you if you want to or not. But it's edible. It's not that hard. Do you yeah. guys eat the whole apple? I have a friend who eats the, the whole apple. Oh, you mean like, the whole apple? Oh, you like like an apple? Like in an leaves apple. like just the stem. No, no, no. I cut it first. That is, that's so wow. I, yeah, just, yeah. Is your friend okay? Uh, he's okay, I think. They're yeah. swallowing like seeds, man. I, I mean, is that a problem? I don't know. I don't think you're supposed to eat apple so. seeds. Really? Yeah. What, what's what's in them? Um, apple trees. I don't remember, but I know there's like. Very, check. very, very, very small amounts of cyanide and cherry pits. Oh, but yeah, then again, the no one's going out of the way to eat cherry pits. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah, so. yeah, yeah. Well, be careful. <laughs> be careful. <laughs> uh, let's see what we got here going on. Um, Ivan Dai, Elvis, Alicia. Nyangezi says, here in Kampala, the vaccine is already here. And that's great. That's great. And uh, teachers, soldiers, police, medical personnel, and elders are the first to be vaccinated. They have already started. That's Good. great. Yeah. Actually, Taiwan has been slow with its vaccines. A lot of people, the he- frontline health workers, don't even want the vaccine. I, so I, it seems like only about a third want the vaccine. They just started last week, I think. And so they're starting to go down the priority list. Yeah. Would you guys take the AstraZeneca vaccine? I'd take it. I mean, right now, I like. There's no benefit. There's no. There, w- there wouldn't be any added benefit to my life of taking the vaccine. So I, I'm I mean, just, that's true. I think I think that might be partly it. Yeah. Is that it seems that there's kind of like people feel there's less need um, yeah. when Taiwan's. There's doing less so urgency well. here, yeah. definitely. Exactly, right. Exactly. Exactly. Um, it's not like the vaccine right now can let us travel abroad. Yeah. It's not going to add any value to my life yeah. at this point. Yeah. And how I think I, I have enough confidence in Taiwan's current handling of the situation Ooh. to be like, all right. Oh, about apple yeah. seeds. Yeah. So. Um, 
I just looked it up, and we also have a comment from Yu Sen Shu who says, the substance of the apple seed might be toxic if my memory serves me right. And I looked it up here. Actually, if um, someone eats it, a substance, it contains amygdalin, a substance that releases cyanide. Wow. When Ooh. it comes into contact with human digestive enzymes. You, uh, you guys so tell, you your tell your friend wow. not to eat the seeds. Well, not to eat too many, I guess. Your buddy, yeah. buddy yeah. there, man. Stop chomping those apple seeds. Yeah. Just got to be careful. <laughs> so, and also we have someone ask, Rad, Rad, how Krishna is asking if there are any cherry blossom festivals in Taiwan. You went to I don't cherry know if blossoms. It was a festival, but people are definitely going to go see them. It was. They in Alisan. Yeah, uh, yeah. They do have cherry blossoms, but... I don't know if it's like a festival. It was a festival. Okay. I, I did a news report on uh, it. So mm-hmm. how was it? It was all right. It was... You're not into tr- flowers, probably. It was like <laughs> flowers on trees. Pink flowers on trees, I you think, know? I think I actually went past some of that on a train <laughs> yesterday. I was I was coming back from Nantou County. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, they're all over Taiwan. They're yeah. in Yamingsan as yeah, well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We do have a lot of cherry blossoms here. Stash so. is just like, oh, this is, that's nice. You, 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 you had a reaction on par with mine. Yeah. So, like, oh, so that's okay, fine. Not pink. too bad. <laughs> Okay, speaking of flowers and plants, tell us about the plants in pants scene. Yeah, we have a slightly kind of spooky story here uh, about um, some rather unusual kind of plant pots, I guess. Mm. So this is actually right down the road from me in Down Forest Park uh, in central Taipei. I missed this. Leslie, you live near there as well. Yeah, it's Did a, it's you a, it's see a this? giant park, though. It's huge. Yeah, yeah. I guess, yeah, you'd have to be in the right place. Mm. Um but uh, some people essentially came along um, some potted plants wrapped in pants or, you know, uh, in British English, trousers. Um, and they're very, very creepy looking. I don't know if you know... Yeah, they're just sticking out of the plant. There's a kind of Dr. Seuss story, I think, of like the trousers with nobody inside them. No, um, don't tell me that. <laughs> and, it's, uh, and, they're very, and they're very scary. Um, so on Friday evening, a member of his Facebook group called mm. Street Detailing posted a photo of what appeared to be a pair of legs dressed in dark blue jeans uh, with what should be an upper torso replaced with a pot of flowers. That's uh, and, and if you look at the picture, and Stash has posted the link in the chat, chat if you look at the picture it, it does not look like what it's intended to look it's like really really eerie i think it's something kind of like uncanny it looks like a ghost yeah yeah, yeah. it's just like or a headless a torso less person it feels a bit wrong and there's been a big kind of backlash. i mean no, no, people are just laughing i think i mean but, don't uh, get me wrong that that looks in daylight that looks creepy i walk through Don Forest Park at night. Oh, yeah. And if I saw that... Oh, I would freak out. That would not be okay. I would really I feel unsettled. I mean, the unsettled. legs look like real legs. They look like real... They're There's kind of something filled. In, in the pants that, yeah. that look like legs. I mean, imagine if those started walking towards you. No, 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 no. no. Yeah, we, oh, this no. Last, the last thing oh, I need. Okay, you yeah. fill in my head with <laughs> ideas of bad juju. You're going to have nightmares it's now. It's not okay. Yeah, so in response to... Sadly, uh, I can't. we can't see this anymore because in response to the public backlash over the odd art, the Thai basically government parks and streetlights office uh, said on saturday that it removed those um planters from uh down forest park they said apparently they were inspired by similar installations in in north in, in south korea in so, south, south korea really? i don't know i'd never heard of anything like that i'm um, not up to date on my south korean <laughs> pop art pop art installations yeah. in parks i mean it's a niche topic to it's be very fair. niche uh they uh yeah, it's uh, apparently these were made from leftover or well, discarded clothing oh. and leftover flowers from the Shanghai Shek Shilin residence in, in Shilin district in northern 
Taipei. Uh, yeah. and it's not clear if the from Chiang Kai Shek's residence. Yeah, or I, residence. I'm not sure if they're actually from. Well, you know, if you've been, yeah, you've been up there, it's kind of got all those flowers and stuff. Yeah. Uh, I don't know whether the discarded clothing was from Chiang Kai Shek himself. Oh, those yeah. be, uh, <laughs> he was a fa- so. he's a fashionable dude. Yeah, these, wow. these, yeah. with a large these collection of, of. I mean, these could very well be my pants. I wear a lot of shorts. Some quite kind of hot, hot short jean shorts. Oh, um, can you imagine Chiang Kai Shek? I, I somehow can't. <laughs> I think uh, these. It's not even clear if this was this clothing was discarded in the residence or if it was other discarded clothing yeah. but um anyway it's a very spook- spooky thing and uh, i'm not surprised people were quite alarmed by it yeah. <laughs> it alarms me just from, from like looking at pictures yeah. and hearing you describe it i don't i don't want to i wouldn't want to bump into this in a dark night no thank you okay So we have some good news in the world of baseball here in Taiwan. We have a baseball team that just um, came back in the league called Weitrin Dragons. And they also decided to break a world record while they were at it. So what they do is they um, invited 326 people, including the mayor of Taipei and the head of the baseball league, as well as players from 16 local baseball clubs and 15 school teams to throw a ceremonial pitch all at once. So how many pitches do you think that um, actually got caught Oh, I think I read the story. I don't want to say. Oh, okay. Mm. So, 163 got caught, and that um, overtook the former record, which was, I think, around 111. Mm. So, we made it into the Guinness Book of World Records. Wow. So wow, that's, that a that that's a lot of people. 163. One, one, one pitcher, one catcher. That's like 300 people. Wow, that's 300 a of, people. A lot of catching. A lot yeah. of people getting on the... I've never, I never really understood this. Is obviously, I have no idea how baseball works. Let me tell but. you, what do you want to know? <laughs> <laughs> what you know, it, is there always a ceremonial pitch? First uh, pitch? Yeah, every right. baseball game I've been to has always had a ceremonial first pitch, and it just depends on who it is. Right, who who right, usually right. does it? Uh, this person? It depends. Yeah, they'll find somebody, maybe like a performer, city official. Have you ever done one? No, no, no. And Local celebrity, it? Leslie Liao. No. Uh, oh, someone on the baseball team. Oh, uh, just for too. fun. Yeah, it doesn't count. It doesn't count. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. If it counted. Uh, that'd be nice. <laughs> that's, a lot of, that's a lot of pressure. A lot of pressure, yeah. yeah, yeah. Do you play baseball, Leslie? Uh, I, I did. My knees no longer can no longer uh, afford me, though. Oh, really? So, yeah. I know your um, brother is a big uh, blogger on baseball, right? Yeah. He's, uh, he's, he's what they, he, they call him Uncle Vincent in Taiwan. And his his blog his blogs because he spent a lot of time in the American baseball circuit, oh. and he was responsible for bringing over a lot of Taiwanese uh, players to America. Really? Yeah, yeah. You mean to play professionally? To play. Yeah, he, wow. he he was a scout, and then wow. now he he's left the baseball team, but he's got all this baseball knowledge and just the things he writes about. I'm just like, wow, how do you think about that, man? Mm. Um, he's got a lot of knowledge. His base is like an encyclopedic knowledge of baseball is what I would say. That's really cool. Yeah. And we had him on the show last year when our baseball league was the only one that was playing during the pandemic. Yes. So that was pretty exciting. Taiwan has five teams. Do you guys watch? I, I used to. I was actually invited to a game recently, but I really I couldn't go, and I was really sad because I really wanted to experience Taiwan's baseball oh, firsthand. You you should go like yeah, any time, another time. Um, I think it's launch of Tianmu. Is, is yeah, the that's Tianmu. the one. This one, yeah. So they're, they're based in Tianmu. Oh, so this was this. I must have yeah. missed this. Then. Yeah. 
Probably, I mean, I, don't, I can't imagine it does that. I don't know. I mean, I'm, I'm not an expert. Know, I have yeah. no idea. I don't have patience to watch baseball. It's kind it of does a slow-moving game. From what I've heard, game. it's a very slow-moving game. Is that right, Leslie? Was that accurate? <laughs> yeah, it can, it can be slow. It can definitely be slow. It's, it's, it's also, it can be hijacked by, like, the players. So, like, a pitcher can take maybe two minutes between a pitch right. if he wants to, and that'll drive people nuts. Yeah. Oh. You know, he gets on do the mound. Do they do it on purpose? Sometimes. Or they should just get into the mood or something. Sometimes they'll get into the mood. But it's it's a nice sport to have on the... I'll admit, it's not as eventful as it could be. But if you're like folding laundry and you want <laughs> something that you don't have to commit yeah. to, that's a, that's a good sport it sounds to have. Like, it sounds like cricket in the UK is the same. I mean, particularly in the slower versions. Same like, idea, right? You just got to hit, yeah. hit a ball with a, with a nice big... Yeah, a big, uh, big wooden thing. Two by thing. four, yeah. yeah. <laughs> something like that. Same concept. Yeah. Well, it's cool that they uh, decide, you know, decided to set a world record while they came back, this baseball team, Wei Trin. Mm. So um, that's all we have for you today on Here in Taiwan. Thank you for joining us for Here in Taiwan. I am Natalie So. I'm Leslie Liao. And I'm Stash Butler. We will see you next time. Bye. Hello and welcome to Hashtag Taiwan. I'm your host, Leslie Liao. Thank you so much for joining me. Every week in the show, we go over some of the social media trends that are happening in Taiwan. And it just so happens that this week involves a very popular story you may have heard about on international media. I'm not going to say much, but I can tell you that this story is a little fishy. Let's get right into it. Something fishy happened in Taiwan recently, and it's possible you've heard of it, because this story was picked up by international outlets like BBC, CNN, and The Guardian. It's a story the media is dubbing Salmon Chaos. Don't worry, it's not what it sounds like. Hordes of salmon are not falling from the sky and hurting people by way of blunt force trauma. In Chinese, salmon is gui yu. Remember that because you're going to need it for later. On March 15th, a Japanese sushi restaurant chain announced a special promotion on Facebook. They said that anyone who had Chinese characters that sounded like gui yu in their name could get up to 50% off on a meal at the restaurant between March 17th and 18th. Your name didn't explicitly have to be Salmon. As long as it sounded like it, then you'd get a discount. But the restaurant went a step further and said that if you had Salmon or Guiyu in your name, then you could eat at the restaurant for free. Now, the marketing team must have been having fun, right? After all, no one is really named Salmon. I mean, even if there are, it's probably just one or two eccentric individuals. I mean, surely nobody would legally change their name to Salmon in order to score free food, right? I think you know where the story is going. According to Apple Daily, over the course of four days, 331 people legally changed their name to something salmon-related just to cash in on the free meal. Here's a breakdown of the name changers by city. Three in Qilong, 51 in Taipei City, 100 in New Taipei City, 21 in Taoyuan, 10 people in Xinzhu, 46 people in Taizong, 5 in Zhanghua, 4 in Yunling, 3 in Jiayi, 30 in Tainan, 56 in Kaohsiung, and 2 in Pingtung. Oh, and remember two hashtags ago when I talked about the man with the longest name in Taiwan with a 25-character name? Well, you can forget about that because someone gave themselves a 36-character name calling themselves Tun Loves Taiwan Abalone Tuna Salmon Snow Crab Sea Urchin Scallop Lobster and Beef Maple Polydeshin Regent Hilton Caesar Park Hotel Royale in hopes of getting more free stuff. I mean, that's pretty forward-thinking. But that record was short-lived because a few days later, someone gave themselves a 50-character name. Originally, they wanted 66 characters, but I'm just assuming government officials went, we really need to draw a line somewhere.
I'm not gonna tell you what that name is or what it means because we just don't have that kind of time. This trend got so out of hand that the government had to get involved. The Interior Ministry made a Facebook post which said, don't go somewhere you can't salmon from. And that makes sense when you realize the word for salmon, gui, sounds like the word for return. The Interior Ministry reminded people that under Taiwanese law, you can only change your name three times. So if people aren't careful, they could potentially be stuck with the word salmon in their name. It actually happened to a couple of people. But luckily for them, the internet has found loopholes in the law that allows people who have maxed out on normal name changes to change their name again. I mean, it was bound to happen. I bet you there's someone out there who got the date of the promotion wrong and ended up changing their name to Salmon for no good reason. But that wouldn't be so bad considering other sushi establishments are beginning to offer discounts on sushi for people named Salmon. In fact, businesses are offering lobsters, abalone, pudding, and even cremation urns for people with certain names. Cremation urns. Don't ask me why, don't ask me how. I don't want to know. This might seem like all fun and games, but salmon chaos has had tangible consequences. For one, the original restaurant said that its kitchen waste increased sixfold over the course of the promotion. It's almost like people are okay wasting food as long as they're not paying for it. However, the more pressing issue to me concerns Taiwan's indigenous rights. Taiwan's indigenous communities have long advocated for the use of their traditional names, but they've always run into trouble with government restriction. So a lot of advocates have pointed out how contradictory it is that others can change their name on a whim for free sushi, while indigenous people have to fight to preserve their culture. Now, if any lesson comes out of all of this chaos, let it be this one. Don't change your name to get free stuff. Now that story was definitely one of the more unusual ones, but it definitely caught a lot of attention here in Taiwan and in the rest of the world. Anyway, we're running out of time today because that was a longer episode than most, so I'm just going to remind you to check us out on Facebook and on YouTube at either Taiwan Insider on Facebook or Radio Taiwan International, and you can find us on YouTube at RTI English. Anyway, until next week, stay safe, stay happy, stay healthy. I'll talk to you again soon. So what do you know about Palau, Andrew? Well, I did look at it uh, on the internet because I was afraid I didn't know anything. I mean, it's a tiny island nation, only about uh, 20,000 people. That's small. But 500 islands. Wow. A lot yeah. of places to see, right? <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> and I hear they're beautiful. Mm. Beautiful beaches. And soon we're going to learn a lot more about Palau. Starting on April 1st, a new travel bubble is going to be making travel between the two countries a whole lot easier. White sands, blue skies, clear water. It's not hard to see why people are excited for Taiwan's new travel bubble with Palau. Travel operator Wu Tuanfeng has the details. She says prospective travelers are between the ages of 25 and 45, with a fairly even split in gender. The first group will set out on April 1st, ending more than a year of restricted international travel. There are two packages available. One for around 2,000 US dollars, not including COVID testing or insurance, and another for around 7,000 US dollars. The cheaper package will take a tour group of 30 people for a three-night stay, with food and accommodation provided. The premium package, meanwhile, is more intimate, with 10 or fewer people traveling for four nights. There's a difference in food and accommodation, too. The premium group will stay in five-star presidential suites and enjoy a seafood feast. But broadly speaking, they'll both visit the same places. Wu says that if there's a change in the pandemic situation, operators will respond accordingly. That could include urgently flying travelers back to Taiwan. Meanwhile, the insurance bureau says it will have a travel bubble package ready by March the 25th. 
That will cover travel risks, injury, sudden illness and emergency rescue in case of infection with COVID-19. Four nights cover should cost around 90 to 100 US dollars. It's a considerable cost, but after a year in Taiwan, travelers here are itching to get away. Doesn't that look amazing? Yes, and I hear those jellyfish don't sting. Isn't that amazing? Can you imagine swimming (laughs) with the jellyfish and not worrying about that? So beautiful. Well, uh, having a travel bubble does mean that there won't be any quarantine required. However, there are some other things that you'll need to keep in mind. You cannot have any overseas travel experience in the six months prior to your trip to Palau. You'll need a negative COVID test at the airport before your departure. You must travel with the tour group and wear a mask. And when you return to Taiwan, you'll have to undergo enhanced health management for five days, get another negative COVID test, and then do regular health management for nine days. So would you want to go to Palau under this scheme? Well, we asked some people what they thought. Here are their answers. Yes, I would go to Palau now. Um, I would consider it because um, I know that most of the people there have been vaccinated and I know it's safe right now. Ladies and gentlemen, here's Shirley Lin with In the Spotlight. Welcome to In the Spotlight. I'm Shirley Lin. When I first met Claire Lee, I thought she looked familiar. Then it turned out that she had worked at RTI in the Chinese service before. Claire is now the partnership manager for Xinzu Jieko Lioneers basketball team as their title sponsor. Lioneers is the name uh, that comes from engineers because Xinzu is famous for its Xinzu Science and Technology Park. Anyway, Claire didn't work very long at RTI because she's someone who just can't stay long at one thing, you know. She has to keep changing jobs or places. She and her family had lived in Canada for some time when she moved there at the age of 10 and then went on to university there. After a three-month backpacking with friends in Europe, that's after graduation, she came back to Taiwan because her parents wanted her to. And she said she wanted to as well come back to Taiwan, back to where her roots are. She had a bit of a stint working for TEDx backstage, rather. Today, we're going to hear what else she's been up to and about her title as partnership manager for the Lioneers. But first, a replay on the last thing she talked about last week. What happened after TEDx? Um, After TEDx, um, I actually worked on several different projects and it all related to content and stories. You mean for TEDx? Uh, no, I had freelanced a few projects outside. Uh-huh. Yeah, because we had a little bit of um, downtime during mm-hmm. then um, because events is a little bit seasonal yeah. throughout the year. Um, so I actually, one of my projects that I worked on during then was um, a media platform that talked about current politics. Oh, and, um, you even touch on politics, okay. <laughs> I actually didn't know I was getting into that, but <laughs> I guess you have to get your foot into it first. Uh-huh. Um, but it was a really interesting um, platform that I worked on. It was a media platform where they invite different people from culture, from um, entertainment, from even um, public policy, uh-huh. um, just to talk about public issues in okay. Taiwan. Not in a very serious manner, just okay. something to reach out to the young. But then after that, um, the 
owner of that project actually went off to Shanghai uh-huh. a year after that, yeah. which I had no idea of. Mm. And then two years after that, he reached out to me and said, "Hey, do you want to come and work in Shanghai?" <laughs> and I was like, "No, Shanghai. Never thought about it. Never crossed my mind. No." <laughs> <laughs> But、um, after a, a few days of thought, I thought.、Um, I've always wanted more challenge, yeah.、Um, and I never knew what it would be like to work in China.、Yeah. I've heard a lot of stories,、yes. of course. People tell you how、yeah. China is like, how people there work, and so I thought, okay, instead of hearing how people tell me what they're like,、yeah. why don't I go there myself、uh-huh. and experience it? So、um, yeah, so I went to Shanghai to work for.、Um, A movie special effects company,、mm. um, and it's、uh, it's called Digital Domain.、Um, some of you may know uh, it's uh, a movie special effects company founded by、um, director James Cameron,、oh, okay. who's also the director of Titanic, Titanic, and, yeah, and, and Avatar, Avatar.、Um, and many other blockbuster yes, movies. Yes.、Um, and this company moved on to also doing commercial. Uh, special effects, and they had different branches of, of offices around the world,、mm. and then they later had、um, two offices in China, and I was part of the Shanghai team.、Mm. Yeah. Oh wow! Look at all the things that you're learning from all the different domain. Did Shanghai turn out to be what you heard, <laughs>、um, or more or less? <laughs> of course, more. <laughs> Everything is always more. I、oh, think. Okay, so more positive. Ah,、uh, yeah, yeah. Well. I would say no pain, no gain.、Uh-huh. Right, right, right. <laughs> yeah, because it was actually quite a、um, interesting journey because I had a lot to adjust to. Yeah.、Um, even though you know both sides are Chinese-speaking countries. Yeah. Yes.、Um, oh, even though you're in an international environment. Yes.、Um, I spoke English, so there are colleagues who spoke English,、uh-huh. and I have local colleagues who spoke Mandarin.、Um, I spoke Mandarin. But the culture itself is very different. Oh yeah,、um, the way they communicate.、Mm. Um, it took me a long time to get used to.、Um, for example, they would be very direct、mm. in, in re- requesting you,、mm-hmm. um, but then in Taiwanese manner, it would be, "Well, are you just mad at me?"、Um, <laughs> but they're not. You know, they're just really direct and straight to the point. But in Taiwan, people are always like. <laughs> no, I'm sorry I'm for sorry, intruding but,、uh, you, but yeah, um, yeah. Uh, but they don't have <laughs> they that. They don't say that. They、yeah. don't say that. So, like the way to spot a Taiwanese in Shanghai <laughs> is if you start <laughs> 不好意思 and they're like, "Oh, you're Taiwanese." <laughs> <laughs> that is funny. Now you're actually back in Taiwan is because of the pandemic. Yeah. Otherwise, you would still be working for that company in Shanghai. How how long were you in Shanghai? Two years, you said.、Was、almost、it? two. Almost, almost two, two, right? Yeah. Okay. What are you doing now? Now that you're back in Taiwan, now this is the exciting part I want to know about. Yeah.、Um, okay. So I, I guess like I was planning to give myself a break after Shanghai,、um, coming back to Taiwan, but like I just, it's hard to rest. I guess like I just <laughs> I'm always on the run. So I actually had the opportunity to get to know a project that was、um, actually incubating at the time,、mm-hmm. um, and、uh, it's the Xinju Jieko Lanyers. Mm-hmm. Basketball、um, team. The basketball team. At the time, I only heard news about、oh, there's a new professional basketball league. Right. How new is it actually? So the league itself, they started assembling、uh, June last year. Oh wow! Right、yes. in the middle of the pandemic. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I guess it's a time when people think, okay, now everyone's kind of slowing down. I got to do something now.、Uh, yeah, that's true. Yeah. So、um, it's called Plus League.、Uh-huh. So it's founded by Blackie Chen. 
Right. Um, um, he was also a former a celebrity. Player. Yes. Yeah. Past, yeah. So he started assembling people, asking team to join the league, and out of the four teams, there was no team in Xinchu. Oh, okay. Yeah. So Xinchu's team, basketball team, is brand new team. The city has never had a professional basketball team ever in Taiwan history. Mm. So um, the project I was approached by was this project, mm. um, and they wanted to start a brand new team, recruiting uh, new players, mm. and also a, a marketing team, an operational team, to bring this team on the board. Sure. Um, so. I was approached to maybe help out on the partnerships. Uh -huh. So partnerships basically um, is looking out for people and brands that would be interested in working with the team yeah. and um, leveraging the platform and also helping um, the team developing a brand of itself. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So yeah. there's a lot of ways of working together with professional teams. Mm. Yeah, it's so cool. Now you actually got into this job not knowing anything about basketball. Is that true? Yeah. <laughs> I I don't. I think I have a pattern of getting myself into something I really don't know. But you seem to be attracted to those kind of you know situations. <laughs> yeah. I guess this is kind of like a subconscious drive. You yeah. know, always wanting more challenges. Um, a lot of people say that it's really. Masculine of me. I don't know, <laughs> but well not, put. yeah, not you know throwing a gender stereotype there. But um, but yeah, I didn't know anything about basketball. Um, I, of course, I know Kobe Bryant. I I know LeBron James, like uh -huh. all these famous names. But I didn't know how the game is played. <laughs> Um, I don't know how you can foul someone. I don't know how many quarters you're supposed to play. Like, it's just all new to me. Yeah. Um, but, like, I thought the project was really interesting. So I decided to um, to really dig into it. So I start, started studying MBA history. To be fair, I'm still not an expert. Like, don't ask me about anything about NBA. <laughs> like, I know so little. And I think I, I kind of, my learning curve really um, happened when I stood on the court Mm -hmm. on the side mm -hmm. um, watching the game play mm -hmm. um, and you actually see everything in action mm -hmm. and you started to know what happens and then also listening to how the um, the broadcasters kind of broadcast oh. the game and you're like oh why is this person being fouled and it's actually a fake move uh, <laughs> no like they, they did it on purpose it's really uh, interesting yeah mm. oh wow how can you do that you're watching the game at the same time listening to the broadcasters so that you kind of you know mash the two together and figure out oh that's what the point is you're so multitasking oh <laughs> I, I actually thought I, I'm really good at multitasking yeah um, earlier on when uh -huh. I was younger but now I think it's getting harder You're listening to In the Spotlight with Shirley Lin. I'm sure you have a love for the game now. Yeah, it's actually really exciting because mm. you. I think working close with the team also gives me another hindsight of the stories of the players. Oh. Um, I got to know a little bit about the players on the team. And um, what's really interesting about our team is that um, all the players on the team, they had their peak performance at some time. And then they all kind of went into their really down times. Um, and by joining this team, it's kind of like a new stage for them. And so unlike the champion players who are always at their peak, these players are just in there for 
a big fight. Mm. Um, and we've even had players who didn't start out as professional players earlier on. Some of them worked at a gas station. Uh-huh. Some of them worked in a restaurant. Uh-huh. Um, and there's one player, one star player on our team, um, Calvin. He didn't get serious about basketball playing until university, mm. which is very rare in Taiwan because if you want to be in the professional um, level, mm-hmm. most people started playing in junior high and high school and they get spotted mm-hmm. in high school and then you would get people trying to scout you. Yeah. Um, that's why HBL mm-hmm. is so popular in Taiwan. It's a really interesting team where people come from different backgrounds. Our team captain, um, Wu Daihao, in his era, he's like top of the top. Mm. Um, and, and he's still around, which is really amazing. Um, so he's kind of like the icon, the mm-hmm. symbol of the the team where he get to pass down his legacy and his know-how and experience to the younger members of the team. Just a very interesting perspective to see the basketball game and the basketball team rather than just looking at the uh, the gameplay game. on the on the spectator seat. Yeah. It's different. Oh wow, that's cool. And and your job, what do you exactly do? I talk to people um, and then try to find ways where brands can merge or have synergy into the Lanier's brand image as well. Um, so like instinctively, um, people would think, yeah, you can work with Nike, you can work with Adidas, all these sports brands. That's something that we are working towards as well. But we also work with different industries as well. So uh, for example, we have a sponsor who um, is in the fintech industry, which is our title sponsor. Financial technology. Yes, Jayco. Uh-huh. So you, normally yeah, you would yeah, think, yeah. Oh, okay, why? FinTech or financial technology um, brand, why would they come? Well, there's a lot of things you can do um, when you enter the arena or the stadium. Everything relating to watching the game can be done on your mobile. Mm. Um, and then we have our merchandise as well. Right. So merchandise, any purchasing um, behavior yeah. can be done on the mobile. Right. And also, they have um, a lot of fans have the players that they support. Mm. Um, so, what happens if the fans actually found out the players who score the highest during that game, they get a home ball? Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. So lots of different fun things yeah, you can do. That's you know that motivates you to purchase more, watch the game, or you know support the team. And why not, right? Crossing mm. different um, denominations and different fields. You know, I mean, they work together. So now that you're back in Taiwan, okay, what are some of the things that you really missed about Taiwan, and in comparison to you know places you've lived in like Shanghai and. Canada. So it's really interesting. Before I left for Shanghai, I've always thought that um, Taiwan is the most convenient place mm, in the world. I totally agree. And it still is mm. um, in a lot of ways. When I went to Shanghai, I became more. How do what you did say? you miss? It's just the food, in short, in food. I was I trying to make. I thought you were going to say something else. <laughs> no, 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 no. Like, I was trying to make a really good narrative out of it but in short it's just food um and i actually asked a lot of people in shanghai and back in taiwan why is it so it's not like about street food that's really good on or like 
the Taiwanese cuisine, because you can get that in Shanghai. But this one thing, out of the limited knowledge or the experience I had a year and a half in Shanghai, I still feel so strongly about is the freshness of food. When my friend actually told me that, I'm like, "What do you mean? <laughs> you know, like China is so big, the market's so big, you can get anything. China is so big, yes, and Taiwan is smaller. Small. So the produce in transporting it." Right, it's a lot faster. Yes. Yeah, and you can get it just in a minute. Yeah. You can grow it and eat it right away. <laughs> the freshness is nothing to be compared to. Thank you so much, Claire. It's been so much fun talking to you. Thank you so much, Shirley. Yeah, it's really, really inspiring to hear your story. So keep inspiring other people. Thank、yeah. you. I hope to do that too. Okay. All、Thank、right.、You. Thanks. <laughs> Thank you for listening to Radio Taiwan International, broadcasting from Taipei, Taiwan. Check out our website at english.rti.org.tw. Again, that's english.rti.org.tw for the latest news and features from Taiwan. You can also listen to our programs and watch videos as well. Our 60-minute English language program can also be heard every day at the following times and frequencies. In southern China and South Asia, from 1600 to 1700 UTC on 9405 kilohertz. Again, that's in southern China and South Asia, from 1600 to 1700 UTC on 9405 kilohertz. And in Southeast Asia, from 0300 to 0400 UTC on 15320 kilohertz. Again, that's in Southeast Asia, from 0300 to 0400 UTC on 15320. Kilohertz. We'd love to hear from you. Please send your comments to PO Box 123 199, Taipei, Taiwan. Again, that's PO Box 123 199, Taipei, Taiwan. Or send an email to rti at rti.org.tw. Again, that's rti at rti.org.tw. Also, visit us on Facebook. The address is fb.me forward slash Radio Taiwan International. Once again, on Facebook, we're located at fb.me forward slash Radio Taiwan International for videos, photos, and news of interest from Taiwan. Thank you once again for listening to Radio Taiwan International. Thank you.